Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host here of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Have you heard of the Disney experience? And what I mean by that is the customer experience that you go through when you're at Disney. Um, what if you implemented that into your business culture? Maybe you've maybe you've heard of the concept of the Disney experience. Maybe it's something that, again, you've experienced or you've even heard somebody else talk about how amazing the Disney cruise was or the visit to Disney World, the way the employees were, the way that you were treated as a consumer. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit on today's episode about how can you implement the Disney experience into your business to where your customers become raving fans of you and your business. Um, today, we've got a great friend of mine here. Her name's Dr. Jessica Ray. She's the owner of Chiromed, uh, and she's implemented this concept into their practice in their office to develop the culture, to develop the experience their patients have and the benefits they've seen with that in their business. And so I want to pick her brain a little bit on the topic of how they've taken the Disney experience implemented it into their office. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks tell, for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm a chiropractor. Yeah. As of today, it's been 10 years. That's exciting. Yes. I should have got you something. <laughs> you even told me this ahead of time and I was like, oh, I should get her something. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So. so 10 years ago, I graduated from chiropractic college. Um, I've been the owner of Chiromed of Belleville. Um, for five years now. Okay. That's and, awesome. Yeah. You just had your five year anniversary on that too, didn't you? Yep. Two weeks ago. That's what I thought. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So it's cool that that felt like literally the five year mark of being mm -hmm. a chiropractor almost. So, so how, tell me a little bit about how you made the transition from chiropractor kind of employee into being the owner of the practice. So whenever I graduated, um, fresh out of school, I started as an employee yeah. doctor. Um, and I worked for another doctor actually in Granite City for a year and a half. Okay. And then I had my son um, and he was just at one years old okay. or one year old. And so I wanted to take some time off with him. So I ended up taking eight months off with him. And then I lived in Millsat at the time. Gotcha. And so I wanted somewhere closer to home. Yeah. And I found um, Chiromed yeah. uh, in Belleville was hiring an associate doctor. And I Applied. And whenever the owner was interviewing me um, for an so just an associate position, he said, I'm interviewing someone to take over this practice. And right then and there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my opportunity. Yeah. I want to do this. Um, I know I'll be able to do it. Now, yeah. being out of practice for eight months, I was like, okay, just a little nervous getting started. But I'm like, okay, I can be an employee, an associate and see what this is all about. But ultimately, my goal was to own, own practice. that practice. That's awesome. So your entire like life, like was that was entrepreneurship always on like your mind? Was it something they just kind of developed as you were in college and getting out into the real world of being a chiropractor? So it pretty much developed. It wasn't, you know, solely as I was going through school. So start, like in high school, I was a competitive power lifter. So I knew and I always loved 
school in science and the body and how things worked. And so I knew I always wanted to help people. So I kind of transitioned myself to want to um, go like physical therapy, always, you know, always that air, like that realm. And going through school, I knew I didn't know the ins and outs of how that was going to play out in right. the future. Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to work for someone for a big company yeah. or if I was going to own my own. Right. Um, so whenever I was going through school, it never really came to until really I got this opportunity yeah. and I'm like, I can do this. Okay. Like I got, I went, it was hard going through school. So yeah. I was like, I accomplished that goal. Right. If you can do that, you can do anything in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do this. And it kind of developed from there. That's awesome. That's super cool. So, I have to ask. So you went to chiropractor school. Mm -hmm. Did you go to Logan here in St. Louis? Yes. Okay. I figured that's like the main one. Um, did they teach you guys anything about owning a practice at all? Or was it 100% technical like chiropractic skills? I mean, there was a small portion that they teach about some business more so like coding and okay. that kind of. So the stuff you need to know as a chiropractor, not necessarily as a business owner. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You learn that yep. all hands on. It's so interesting. Um, and I'm not saying there's it's right or wrong, right? But I see so many people, you know, as we work with a lot of contractors that are really good at a trade, they go start a business, they don't have the business knowledge side of it, the education side of it, right? And I hear a lot of the same thing about doctors and lawyers and really honestly, all the professions, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting of like, would it make sense? This is totally like like tangent. Um, <laughs> but like, would it make sense for some of these schools to incorporate some business education into their schooling? Absolutely. hundred percent. For those that are going to go out and own their practice someday. Yes. Right. Um, you've taught yourself a lot. You've learned, you've leaned on others. You've learned a lot over mm -hmm. the years. Like, you know, and so I think you have a little bit, I think you have a little bit of a natural business sense to you as well, which has helped you along the journey, I'm sure. Um, but I, like I said, I know you're big into investing into yourself. Um, in leadership development, personal development, like why is this so important to you as you grow your practice and your business over the years? There's so much to do with like, as far as the business aspect goes, there's so much to do with that, but really it all comes down to if you don't have a good foundation, if you don't have a good standing point as yourself, as a person, the communication with your teammates, you're not going to grow and succeed. And so by developing and working on yourself first off and then developing your yourself with your team, it is you're not going to go anywhere if you don't have that strong foundation. It will you will you will be successful, but not as successful as you would like to be or the opportunities won't be as great if you don't have that solid foundation to build from. So by developing and working on yourself, working on your communication skills, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your gaps that you can close that will make you the strongest person is so foundational, yeah. like that will help you succeed. And it's so important to work on yourself. I love it. Well, and I think too, it's, you know, a couple of things like one, you can't pour into others if like your cup's not full yourself, Correct. right? To, and then I think too, how can you help coach and develop others down the same path you've went through, whether it's understanding personalities or mm -hmm. like all these different things, right? If you don't have the experience yourself doing that, correct? right? So yeah. I think as a leader, as a business owner, like we have to continue to sharpen our skills mm -hmm. so that we're actually able and have the credibility to pour into others to develop themselves. 
um, and say, hey, listen, I know how you feel. Like I felt the same way before I learned what personality styles were, or, you know, whatever thing it is that you're teaching them. So um, so I love that you're you're big into that. I mean, we're big on education and just development and, um, you know, everything that goes into that. So I want to kind of pivot the rest of this episode. I mentioned in the intro about the Disney experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we could probably make this a two hour episode. <laughs> Won't do that to the listeners. Um, we'll keep it semi short. Um, but you guys really have built a great culture in your office um, and you guys have embodied that kind of Disney experience. So just tell us a little bit about, tell the listeners, especially if they're not familiar with it, like what is that Disney experience kind of look like as a whole? Okay. So um, the like Disney World is the most magical place on earth, right. right? I mean, as a kid growing up, you always hear of Disney World and Mickey Mouse and all the Glamming glory of Disney World. And if you've ever been, it truly is. My first experience ever at Disney, I was 23 years old. And so I, it was out of you know childhood and I didn't have any kids with me. It was just me and some friends actually on a break from Logan. And we went there and seriously, it was the most magical place. And if you like dive into like what Disney is, why is it so magical? It is, you know, the everything is really clean. It's taken care of. All the characters are on, you know, at their best. They're 100%. They're giving everyone there the best experience that they have. And so that's really important for Disney to make it that magical experience. So we have kind of molded our office and our practice into that, just that. Yeah. So we, we have developed our culture as a team and as a whole to embody the Disney experience for every single person that walks into our office, whether it's a patient, someone visiting, any any person that walks in, our delivery drivers even. Yeah. I mean, we want it to be the best experience ever. And it comes down to what does the office smell like? What does it look like? Is it clean? What are what are the sounds? What are the sounds going on? Is there is there chatter? Is there loud music? Or you know, it every little detail matters. Yeah. And what do we look like? Are we put together? I right. mean, it is coming down. So every single day, we all bring our our our, our A game. So you never see Mickey Mouse without his head on. Right. You know, you'll never <laughs> see him like you know take it off and like kind of walk around the park. You always see him, you know, fully on point fully ready to go to offer that best experience to everyone that walks in that park. And so that we embody that at our practice, that everyone that walks in has that Disney experience in our culture. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and I love that because again, you've never heard of anybody going to Disney world and having a bad experience, right? Right. They might complain about like the wait times on rides (laughs) or, you know, I mean, there's certain things, right. And that's just inevitable. That's part of Mm -hmm. busy season. Um, but I mean that experience that it's the feeling that you get, right. Absolutely. Like for me, I think that's one thing that I think about when you think about customer experience, it's the feeling and the emotions you get Mm -hmm. experiencing something as a consumer, Right. right. You go to Disney world and you just get that feeling of like, this is the most magical place on earth. Like it's hard to have a bad time here. Now I would argue if you have a two and a four year old and they're having a meltdown, like again, that's not Disney's fault. Right. Right. Um, but you know, they, they do as much as they can to help that. But you know, I think that it's just, again, it's that whole experience. And so as it relates to business owners, listen to this, like, I want you to think about if you have an office setting, right. What are those types of things? If you're a contractor that doesn't have an office setting to have some of those things a little bit more controlled, what is the experience you give your homeowners? 
right? From the moment they call you, you know, your office to get in a quote on something all the way through you showing up for the estimate, the, the professionalism in between there, your guy showing up to do the work. Are they blaring nineties rap music on the job site? Or I'm not saying they have to listen to like Beethoven, but like, you know, like what is the experience that you're giving the customer when you're there taking care of work? Right. So there's so many different ways you can look at this. Um, and that's why we, we've been talking about doing an episode for a while. And like, we started talking about the Disney experience and your culture. And it was like, wow, we need to talk about this because you should be giving customers the Disney experience mm -hmm. all the time, Absolutely. every time. Um, have your employees like embraced this well in your office? Has, was this been something, I mean, I'm sure that was this in place when you kind of took over the practice? Was this something you kind of implemented into the practice? So no, not at all. Okay. Um, this is something that I, and I, my team for sure. Yeah. Um, it's never really just I, it's always, it's always us. And, and we, um, we have developed this. So whenever, even it was before, even I took ownership, we had leadership coaches and, um, we developed what our core values were. I mean, from the, I mean, it's a little daunting in the beginning, I get it. Uh, you I know, get to, it. to every little aspect of it, but we have developed, you know, the core values and, really the togetherness of the team. And we have built from that and we just implement it day to day at, at as we go. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So as you guys were developing that, um, was that something, was there pushback from any employees? Was everybody pretty much bought into it? Like what was kind of the situation? And I only asked that because I know what shifting the culture in a business mm -hmm. is like, right? You you know, I'm not saying that even some companies have a really bad culture and they need to make it good. Some companies have a good cult, like average culture and they want to make it great. So I know that that's a tough thing and it's tough to get all the employees to buy into it. So is yeah. that something you guys struggled with or did you already have the right people in the right seats on the bus that made that implementation a little bit easier? So throughout my time, uh, there's been people that have come and, got, yeah. come and gone. Um, we the people that are meant to be there are there right now. Yeah. And so the, during this process, it's interesting because as you go through this process, the people that are there that buy in wholeheartedly, you know, are with you a hundred percent. They're still, you know, they will go through it. And the ones that aren't will not be there. I mean, They'll for good, bad. themselves out. Yeah, yeah. basically. It's not like I am you know, trying to get rid of people like, nope, you don't buy in, you're done. Right. It is, they kind of weed themselves out yeah. because they don't get in, you know, they're not into that culture. Right. So it just doesn't resonate with them in which you can't force it. So it's basically the process that they kind of see themselves out. Yeah. And so, which has become easier uh, because we have just such a strong culture. Right. Um, and it's easy to find if there's not a good fit, they they know it real they know it more so than me having to tell them right yeah well and now that you guys have pretty much everybody bought in and focused on this disney experience and the culture it makes it easier to just not allow the wrong people to come into it right Correct. like as you're shifting it that's the hardest part when you're shifting a culture of a business like that is incredibly difficult 
especially if you have like the more employees you have, the harder it is, right? To get everybody on the same page. You know, I always say everybody in the boat rowing in the same direction, mm -hmm. right? Um, so once you have it, it's easier, like you said, to kind of weed people out. Um, I know that that's something you guys have went through. You've had to replace, you know, a couple of key positions lately. Um, we talked a lot when you were in the middle of that and it was like, oh my gosh, are we going to find the right people? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know you guys had to replace one doctor in an office person, I believe. Yeah. Uh, my friend has assistant. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that was kind of a struggle you guys went through was mm -hmm. like, how do we find these right people that do embody this? Right. So tell me a little bit about just the recruiting process and the interviewing. I know I don't want to bring up like PTSD, bad memories, oh, but yeah, it was tough. Uh, I know it was, but <laughs> like talk, I want you to also share on like how it's been now that you have those people Absolutely. in place too. So we, it's, I mean, we do have such a high standard. Um, and so even on the interview process, I almost don't even look at, uh, like whenever we were interviewing, yes, we had a doctor, which was the doctor that we replaced with, she had been with us for five, almost six years. And so she was, she was my right hand, you know, even, you know, throughout the bio process and everything. So it was very difficult. Not only is she is a very great friend of mine. So that part was hard, but just to find someone that resonated with our culture and, you know, and that embodied us as a whole was very difficult. And then to find another friend as all the same time, it's just, <laughs> it was very difficult, but we yeah. had to find those key players. Most often, whenever I'm looking at the resume or I'm interviewing, um, trying to find the right fit, I, I look and make sure they're qualified, you know, for the most part, do they, you know, do they have longevity at jobs prior? Is it, or is it just, you know, just the real small details, but then that's it. I pretty much, I'm like, cause most of, well, besides the doctor part, that's a little, that's a little bit different. I'm talking more so the associate. Um, she, it is more so, can you, like, are you going to fit? Yeah. So I basically, I look and say, okay, you're qualified. Yes. So then I, I interview and then I ask about them. Yeah. I am like, okay, who are you? Right. How, like, what does, what are your values? Like yeah. who, who, who are you in, you know, wholeheartedly? Because in all in all, like you can teach really anything like our, our foundation of like the office procedures and everything is, it's so rock solid. So yeah. that's pretty trainable and teachable, yeah. but you can't teach someone to be a good person. Yes. And so if they're a good person, then, uh, you know, you kind of go from there. Yep. So that's whenever I, so that's why the, it was pretty difficult because we did have some people that were, some were overqualified as far as their, yeah. you know, history and, you know, their education, but they didn't have that personality. They didn't have that belonging. Like it's, it's like a feeling. It's yeah. like, you <laughs> just say it. You, <laughs> so whenever I talk to people, it's, you have to have that good feeling. So yeah. I say it's my feel goods yeah. um, and they have to become on fire because, you know, it's that pit in your stomach that, you know, that good feeling that you have just in your soul whenever you're talking to someone, whenever you feel, because that's what our culture is. That's yeah. what we have embodied in our practice. And I can't, I can't do that to any other, my, any one of my other staff members to bring in someone that does not fit. So that's the process that, and that's why it's been so difficult because yes, there are great people out there, but this is not a fit for us. So it was, it was very difficult. Well, and I, I remember telling you through the process, like, I was like, Jess, just 
stay the course and trust the process. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. they are out there. Do not settle for second best. Yes. Like, and I know, especially as a business owner, that makes it hard, especially when there's a deadline of somebody leaving and you like, you need to replace this person like that. But I, I always say like business owners in general, whether it's recruiting, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, you know, in a contractor perspective, the worst decisions get made out of times of desperation. Absolutely. And that's what I was like, just trust yourself, <laughs> trust your instincts. Like you will find that person. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what the backside of this has been now that they're there and in place. So it's been absolutely incredible. Um, my doctor that I hired um, started at the beginning of January and my associate started, um, I think it was maybe right before Christmas, right after Christmas. They were both really close to the same time. It has been absolutely incredible. The past four months have been absolutely incredible. There's been, you know, there's been some training and, and all of that, but because we hired how we felt, like as far as that feeling, you know, like the good person, the good people, that process has become so much easier. Yeah. Uh, we have had, we've had meetings just this recently, the past couple of weeks. And one mm. of my new employees said, I just love being here. I love, I love you guys. I just love to be able to be myself there. You guys are so supportive and that's what it's all about. It's about having just such a strong connection with each other because you're not going to help anyone if you don't have that good foundation going back to that. Yeah. And so it has been absolutely incredible. I've had the best last four months That's that I've amazing. had in so long. Yeah. I can tell a difference in you too. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> that was a tough time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, but it's funny you say that. So I don't feel wrong saying this because if any of Christina's bosses are listening to this, they haven't implemented anything I've ever said, but, um, so she's been interviewing for jobs of right now. Um, and she's in the medical field. She's a PA and, um, she's working, uh, got something very promising coming down the pipeline and she met with the doctor and it was all about the culture. Yeah. And it was talking about her. And okay, the last part of your interview is you need to come in and meet the office staff. Thankfully, she's already talked to half of them. She's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm best friends with all of them already. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, I'm just telling you right now, like, we don't do drama. We don't do gossip. Like, we get along. We are a family. Yep. And like, if that's you, like, this isn't for you. Right. And like, and it's just funny as you're telling me all this about your process. And I'm thinking through what she's been going through here. It's like. Yeah, that's what it's about, it's right? So much. Like it's, you know, a lot of things can be trained, right? And like you mentioned, like techniques and different things with the doctor can always be trained and adjusted. But I mean, that's a little bit tougher. But for something like an admin position in certain positions, you can train people. Yes. And I love what you said. You can, you can't teach somebody to be a good person. Right. You can't teach somebody to not be a negative Nancy, right? right? Yep. Um, and a culture suck, right? So it's, I love it. We're a hundred percent on the same page with that. Um, we were talking the other day and you were sharing about one of your employees definitions of culture. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have to bring this up because I thought this was the coolest thing ever that it wasn't like, Hey Jess, what is your definition of culture that you actually had one of your employees? Like you asked your employees like, Hey, what's our definition of culture here? And what they said, like, this just goes to show you guys are walking the walk and not just talking the talk here. So do yes. you want to share that? Absolutely. So this is my passive therapist. She's been with us. She's been with us for a year and a half. So in, I think it's in September. So it'll be two years. So it's not even been, you know, yeah. a really huge lengthy amount of time, but we just had meetings, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. And I asked all of my employees, what is your definition of culture? Like, are we all on the same page? We can all have variations. And whenever she told me, uh, her name is Sorel, by the way, 
um, whenever she told me her definition, I was just blown away. I was like, I could never have said this any better. I don't think anybody could have said this any better because this just embodies what we are and who we are. And you just said it with such great words. So I would like to read her words. Yes, please do. Um, she said, to me, culture is everyone sharing the same overall vision, values, and beliefs when it comes to our ultimate goal, which is helping people feel better. Culture means working together to help uphold ourselves and each other to those standards by keeping open and positive communication between all of us. Okay. If the listeners are listening to this, I want you to pause and repeat 30 seconds and listen to that again. Because that was amazing. <laughs> amazing. And like, I don't think I could have sat down for two days and came up with a better definition of culture than what she said in that. You just feel it. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, like I said, I think that just goes to show that you guys have the culture. You guys, yep. like your your employees completely embody it. They understand the vision of what you guys are doing. You mentioned earlier about core values. Mm -hmm. I want to hit on that real quick. I know that was a tedious process to come up with them and stuff. How do you guys embody that like in with your culture, right? Because I see a lot of business owners, they have core values. And typically they end up being four or five words on a poster in their shop, maybe somewhere in their break room. And that's it, mm -hmm. right? They're like first day of an employee, like, oh, here's our five core values. Like, yeah. how do you guys like actually like embody that and bring it up? And like, just tell me a little bit about that. So we, I mean, it's kind of, those are like not negotiables almost because it's, you know, open, honest communication. You know, we want to inspire, we want to empower, we want to motivate um, and, you know, educate and so it's like, those are, it's kind of like a non-negotiable. So we would yep. have, we basically have meetings monthly, weekly, uh, to make sure that we're still on the same page. We always revert back to this to make sure, okay, is this going, what's working well? What can we improve on? Right. And what can we help with? And so each day we hold each other accountable. Like that's, we're not even, we're holding ourselves accountable, but we each each one of us hold each other accountable for our actions to make sure we are embodying every part of those values that Disney experience, what, what are we here for? What do we walk in the store for? And, um, are, you know, are we all on the same page? Yep. And so holding each other accountable and then the best part about what we have, it's not, if something does happen, it's not like a negative conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation because all it is, it's okay. Well, we're a little off this day. Well, let's, right. you know, get back on it. Or this process didn't really work out. Let's how do we get from A to B? And that's it. Right. It's there's no negative emotions with it. It becomes conversation personal. because it is routine at this yeah. point. It's just conversation. It's not a forced um feeling where it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta walk in the door and I have to inspire today. It's yeah. it's the feeling because we just we talk about it, we live it, we breathe it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, and I think that's one thing too, like again, is shifting culture, right? And some businesses are like, okay, we're gonna start implementing these core like a lot of business owners don't have core values, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it is what it is, but it's like, okay, how do you do that when you have five or six employees? Right. Right. You know, and that's how I always say I'm like, hey, every month at your monthly meeting, have your employees point out when some of your other employees have lived out your core values. Like even just something simple like that to just start like ingraining because it forces them to find those times of like, oh, hey, I remember when so-and-so did this, mm -hmm. right? And it's just these little things that can make a difference to at least start working down that path until it becomes a little bit more routine and you see right. people embodying this. Um, so it's more than just four or five words on a poster or you know, plastered on the office walls. So um, 
I had two questions as we wrap up here. So from the business perspective, how, like as far as growth and just like all that stuff, how do you feel like providing the Disney experience has helped you guys grow in the last, you know, five years since you've taken over? So most of our, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty evident whenever our patients feel come in and they say, this feels like family. I'm like, I look forward to this part of my day because I want to see you guys. So and like most of our patients come from in-house referrals because of word of mouth of they want to refer one of somebody that they care for, somebody that they love, their family member, their friend to come in to see us because they have faith in us because they love to, you know, to come in. Yeah. So by in implementing the Disney experience and to have that as part of, you know, our day to day, our patients love to be there. Yeah. So they talk about us. And that is become, that is where all of the growth comes. And it, I mean, it kind of transfers into patients too about them. You know, if you're buying into the culture, like if they're not a good fit as a patient, they weed themselves out too, because they're not buying into what we have. We want to overall help if they're going to go against the grain. It, they're not, they're not meant to it's be there. productive. Yeah. So, um, by having that Disney experience, by having that strong culture, by having that good foundation, then our patients come in, they love to be there. Not only are we helping them feel better, get better, stay better. The quality of life has improved, but we are helping them, um, you know, spread the word to help others that they love and care about. No, that's awesome. Um, and it's, that's why I think customer experience is so important for business owners. I mentioned it earlier, like raving fans, like you want to create people that are raving fans of your business. Um, and you also need to know what clients are for you and what clients aren't for you. And that's okay. Right. Like, as you mentioned that they kind of weed themselves out, like everybody's got their ideal client and then there's other people that just aren't the right fit. That's okay. That's okay. It's it's okay. Let them go somewhere else where they are a better fit. So, um, Jess, if there's a business owner listening to this that needs to kind of refocus their culture, where do you suggest they start? Absolutely. 100% is leadership coaching and um, sustaining the best foundation that you possibly can build in order to grow. Um, If that culture, if the culture is not what you think is where it should be, or yep. you're not getting the production that you want to, you need to look, look internally, look to yourself, look to your team, have that team growth, have that strong culture building experience. And some may take longer than others, but go through the process. It is totally worth it. You will grow as a person professionally, personally, you will just be able to instill all of this positivity, positivity wherever you go but it all comes foundationally with your yourself and your team. I love it. I love it. I couldn't have said that any better, so I'm not going <laughs> to add much more to that. Great. So, um, well, Jess, I appreciate you coming and recording this and sharing about the Disney experience, how you guys have embodied it. Um, I love seeing just the culture you've built, the practice you have. You definitely radiate positivity, and it's because of being in an environment like that all the time, right? And so uh, I'm proud of you. I love seeing what you've done with it. And thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.